thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome today to Jesus the Heater. We are so glad you're with us. And I tell you what, the Word will change your life. And so draw on the Word. And I I tell you this, add your faith to the Word today. It's the faith uh, that you apply to the Word that's going to benefit your life. And so uh, it's not just enough to have faith. We have to use our faith. So we invite you today, attach your faith to the Word of God. We've got some studio audience members here with us, and we're so glad you've joined with us too. Become a student and get your Bible and get a notepad and and pencil and follow along. Take notes. What will God say to you that I might not even say? Expect that to happen because when you're sitting in the atmosphere of the Word, you can hear what God has to say in in a clearer way. And so sometimes, and I've noticed this when I'm in services, and you might have noticed it when you're in services, that God will start speaking to you things that the preacher doesn't even say. So don't lose those things. Write them down. Amen. Uh, we have been starting every, uh, every episode recently with our golden text, which is 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. God began telling me and dealing with me about teaching on the mind. And so it is our privilege to find out what the Word says because there is help for the, the whole of man, and that includes the mind. Amen? Amen. And... Uh, We're going to read again in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, the King James translation. It reads, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but He has given us power, or we could say this also, authority. He has given us love. The love of God is on the inside of us. And He has given us a sound mind. All of these things, the the power, authority, love, and a sound mind will deal with the spirit of fear. It will address that spirit of fear. It will keep that spirit of fear from gaining entrance into your thought life. Listen, you can't stop fear from coming, but you can stop, keep it from let, uh, getting in you. You don't have to let it in. And so when you're walking in your authority, fear can't get in. When you're walking in the love of God, fear can't get in. When you're exercising and uh, exercising that sound mind, fear can't get in. So all of these things are a, a, a safeguard from the flow of fear. Why? Because fear does not belong to us. Fear can uh, manifest itself as worry, doubt, depression, panic attacks, all of these things that so many people uh, will struggle with at different times in their life that we have total authority over that. Amen. Learn to recognize fear. 
because uh, many times people are waiting for something more tangible. But just a thought that is against the word of God uh, can be a fearful thought, a troubling thought that draws you away from your faith. And so learn to recognize these uh, flows of fear so that you take your stand against them. Uh, Know this, a sound mind is part of our inheritance in Christ. Amen. Our authority is because of our inheritance in Christ. The love of God is part of our inheritance in Christ, but also a sound mind. And I will say this, a sound mind is connected to the word. It's connected to the word. We cannot set the word aside and think that we're going to stay in the flow of a sound mind. The word is the source of a sound mind. Amen. And uh, when we give the word first place in our thought life, it will hold us in the flow of a sound mind. And uh, I, I want you to recognize also right thinking about your mind is that as you get older and as you age, the mind does not have to lose its soundness because uh, we have a sound mind based on who we are in Christ and not based on age. You understand that? So don't fall into the way of thinking that as I age and as I get older, something of my soundness is lost. No, your memory doesn't have to be lost. Your sharpness and clarity of mind, none of that has to be lost. That is part of the sound mind that God authored for you. And none of your benefits and inheritance in Christ diminishes over time. It doesn't, it doesn't weaken over time. It still belongs to you. And so the word tells us the path of the right, righteous grows brighter and brighter, not darker and duller. Our thought life should not grow uh, less clear and, and dimmer and darker. Nope, nope. A sound mind belongs to us in Christ and we exercise our faith to hold in place what belongs to us in Christ. Amen. Amen. So uh, you're... Uh, your sound mind has, a, has no memory loss. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Your sound mind has no inability to uh, weigh things properly. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You stay balanced. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now, the Amplified Translation describing the sound mind, it says about the sound mind in the Amplified Classic, it said it's a calm mind. It's a well-balanced mind. It's a disciplined mind. And it's a controlled mind. Amen. And that's what belongs to us in Christ. Thank God for what he won for us. Amen. Listen, Jesus came for our benefit to win our victory. He didn't like victory over the devil. We did. And so he came and won that victory in our behalf, in our stead and handed us that victory. And part of that victory is a sound mind. But we know this in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 It reads, and having spoiled principalities and powers, Jesus made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it or in the cross. The amplified classic of that verse says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him or in Jesus and in it in the cross. Amen. Amen. And so we want you to know and never forget that Satan is a defeated foe, absolutely ruined. Amen. 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 Destroyed. Amen. Amen. And that victory that Jesus won belongs to you. 
And then it tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20, it says that God raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And I like what verse 21 says, far above far above, not just barely above, far above. There is so much distance uh, in the realm of victory between where you're seated and where Satan operates. You are so far above his movement, so far above the way the enemy operates. We are far above in our dominion and authority and in our victory over him. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Why? Because all of those opposed his raising, but they were unsuccessful. They failed and he was raised far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. Not only in this world, but in that which is to come. And verse 22 says, and he had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So notice this, it says that God put all things under Jesus' feet. Well, where's the feet? In the body. So all things are under our feet because we are the body. Jesus is the head. And so the head and the body share the same authority. Amen. Amen. Uh, It is a shared authority. The same authority that belongs to Jesus, that Jesus won, that's our authority because the body and the head share the same authority. And so when Satan is far, uh, when Jesus was raised far above Satan, so were we because we're the body. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. These are thrilling things. You've got to put this in you that when circumstances show up, say, I'm far above that. It has no ability to gain entrance into my life and defeat me or hold me back or push me down. You have to remember that you are far above. And I would say this in every encounter with the enemy, remember him as totally defeated. Think of him as totally defeated. Then you approach opposition differently. You don't approach it trying to get something of your victory, but you're dealing with him as he is. He is totally stripped and defeated. Remember him that. Remember that about him in every encounter with the enemy. Amen. So because of what Jesus did for us, we are made to rule and reign in this life. I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. And this is the King James translation. It says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, for by one man's offense, well, who's he speaking about? Adam's sin, yeah. For by Adam's offense, Death reigned by one. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace, that's us, and of the gift of righteousness, well, that's us. We shall reign in life by one, uh, Jesus Christ. So we know this, that Adam, because of Adam's failure, death reigned. But now we reign in life by one. What's it mean to reign in life? Well, that means we reign over circumstances. They don't reign over us. We dominate circumstances. They don't don't dominate us. That doesn't mean that circumstances won't show up. Circumstances will show up. Opposition will show up, but they're not dominating us. And for them to be in the dominating position is to have things out of order. 
Don't let them take the lead and dominate and take rule in your life. You are to rule and reign in this life and over everything connected to your life. Now, that doesn't mean you can rule and reign over other people's lives. You can't reign over what other people want, but in your realm of authority, which is your life, your family, amen, those connected to you, those that are under your authority, your authority will work for them. I want to share with you a testimony that I think that we have not gone far enough in our understanding of what belongs to our authority. Um, Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen was the spiritual father to my husband and I for many decades. And uh, he told a story that that just stirs me and gives us really a clear picture of what our authority in Christ will accomplish. Dad Hagen, of course, traveled. He was a traveling minister and he traveled by car, traveled by plane. But in his earlier years of ministry, he drove everywhere. And on one occasion, he was uh, a pastor friend was going to take a trip with him. So they were driving and had to drive a great distance. And uh, Brother Hagen knew, I don't know if the pastor told him or he just knew over time, but he knew that this pastor that was with him was a diabetic. And uh, when the pastor got in the car with Brother Hagen to start the trip, Brother Hagen turned to him and says, as long as you're with me, that diabetes cannot operate. Now notice that. As long as you're with me, what's he mean? As long as you're under my realm of authority. You're in on my trip. You're moving with me, so anything connected with me is going to fall in line with the Word. And so he spoke to the man. He said, as long as you're with me, you'll have no problem with that diabetes. He said, your insulin levels will be perfect and you'll never need a shot when you're with me. And then they started the trip. (laughs) He didn't pray. He just spoke his authority. Ah, see, when you have clear knowledge and you demonstrate, you demonstrate a life of authority. What do I mean by that? Not, not being bossy to people. That's not demonstrating a life of authority. Just kind of trying to prove something to people. No, I'm talking about that you refuse to give one inch to the devil. That's demonstrating a life of authority. You don't give him an inch. So when this man came into Brother Hagen's sphere of authority, Brother Hagen said, what you struggle with, you won't struggle with when you're with me. It can't function in my presence. I love that. And uh, the pastor said, They were on an 11-day trip, and he said to Brother Hagen, he said, Brother Hagen, he said, the whole time that I was on that trip with you, he said, my numbers were perfect. He said, I even tested it to see if I ate dessert, what would it do to my numbers? He said, my numbers stayed perfect no matter what I ate. Isn't that something? I think that we have have shortchanged the expansive influence of our authority. And so Brother Hagen was telling this later and said that the pastor told him, he said, when I got back home, my my numbers stayed in in the right uh, reading, you know. The numbers were where they should be. And he said it took about two weeks and then I went back to where my numbers were, not where they should be, and he said I had to get back on my insulin again. And he said, well, what was that? Why for two weeks? Well, it took that long for the dominion to kind of, uh, what would we say, diminish or wear off, you know, to, to, yeah. And so 
This pastor, though, got a lesson. He said, no, wait a minute. If Brother Hagen's authority, when I'm in his realm, in his sphere of influence, can do that for my body, what will my own authority do for my body? (laughs) And so he recognized, I should not have even been putting up with that. And he took his own stand against that. And over a short amount of time, all of those symptoms went away and he was able to get off the insulin. Why? Because Brother Hagen's use of authority was an example. That this man said, wait a minute, if his authority will do that for me, how much more my authority will do it for me. I love that. Too many times we don't understand that when something is in our realm of authority, something that is within our scope, like I said, you, you don't have authority over the neighbor's house. You can't go over there and do that. You can't go over to other, play, uh, other relatives' house. You don't have the authority there. But in your authority, in your realm where you're in charge, amen, your children, those who live under your roof, you have authority and you need to make sure you're using it. And we're learning it, right? We're learning how far reaching our authority is. Now know this, when the enemy has gotten sway in people's life for so long, he's not willing to take his hands off that easily. He wants to stay on the ground he's been given. See, the, the... Paul gave us this warning in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Paul said, neither give place to the devil. Mm-hmm. Now, for some of our lives, the devil had a place. We gave him a place, not because he could take a place, but we gave him a place. But if we gave him a place, we can take back the place we gave him. We don't have to keep letting something go the way it's always been just because it's always been going that way. Don't get used to something out of place. Amen. So once you begin to see who you are in Christ and what belongs to you in Christ and what your authority will work for you, when you start using your authority, the devil's going to challenge that. For example, let me give you, let me give you an illustration of that. If children have been allowed to talk back to their parents and be disrespectful, and then all of a sudden you start, you start standing up saying, wait a minute, I'm done putting up with that. Your parental authority is still in place even if you laid it down to your child. Amen. You can pick that parental authority back up and say, wait a minute. I've let you get by with too much too long. You're not talking to me that way anymore. And they may still try to keep talking to you that way. But as you pick your authority back up and then stay with that authority, don't lay it down again. Over time, those kids will come into line. They might not come into line the first moment because they've gotten the use of using, you know, disrespect and dishonorable speech to you in the past. And so they try to keep working that. But if you'll keep using your authority, things will come back into place. I'm talking about just in your home with your children. What's the same thing with the enemy? When he has gotten his way for so long in a certain arena and you go to exercise your authority, he doesn't just say, oh, I'm leaving all at once. He's going to try to challenge you to see if you're going to stick with your authority. Because he's used to getting his way. So what's your solution? Just keep using your authority. You use it and be, be consistent in using it. The devil is counting on your inconsistency to get an entrance back in. This is one of the things that is so key to victory is consistency. That you can't just stand your ground one day, lay down your authority for a month and not pick it up until a month later and then think that things are going to still be back in place. Consistency is the key to victory. 
And uh, I saw that demonstrated in my own home growing up with us four kids. If there was one thing my mother was, it was consistent. It didn't matter how tired she was. If we did something wrong, she was on us. I mean, she did not put up with disrespect, talking back, disobedience. I mean, she was consistent whether she was tired or not. She did not let the way she feel determine how consistent she was with her children. And because of that, she didn't have the kind of problems with her kids that others may have because really that's being fair to your children, being consistent. Yeah. What's unfair is one day they get by with it and the next day they don't. Now that's unfair because it's, a, it's an inconsistent use of your authority. And my mother was fair to us because she was consistent with us. Well, when you're going to exercise and enjoy victory in your life, you're going to have to be consistent. Because the devil is waiting on your inconsistency to have a, a road back in. Amen. Just not using our authority is an open door to the devil. Did you know that? I mean, I, it doesn't have to be sin in the sense of doing something purposefully wrong. Just failing to exercise your authority will be an open door to him. He'll just come right back in. And so the enemy will oppose you over this subject of authority more than over really any other subject because that's how you keep everything in place and in order throughout every day of your life is through the exercise of your authority. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. The devil does not want you gaining knowledge of your authority, of who you are in Christ, of what belongs to you in Christ and what you can do because you're in Christ. So when you gain knowledge and start using it, the devil's going to try to push back. He's going to, let's say this, if you take a stand against him, you start using your authority in the, in the area of your body mm-hmm. and you start exercising your authority and you tell symptoms to take their hands off of you. The devil's going to try to make you think your authority doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. So what may happen, it may seem like symptoms heighten, like they get worse or they increase. That's just the devil trying to get you to back down from the use of your authority. Don't fall into that trap. Stay with the use of your authority. Don't question that it'll work for you. Just keep exercising your authority. Amen. Amen. He's, just trying to, he's just trying to challenge you in your use of authority. Listen, like I said, uh, the devil does not want you to gain knowledge of your authority in Christ. He does not want you to become skillful with it because if you ever gain knowledge of who you are in Christ and you gain knowledge of your authority in Christ and then you use that authority, the devil's done pushing you around in your life. He is done. So he wants to, he wants to always be able to have influence and sway in your life. So he doesn't want you to gain that knowledge and he doesn't want you to become skillful with it because he wants to hold you in ignorance. Why? Because he can keep working where there's ignorance. The devil thrives on ignorance. And when people are ignorant of their their authority in Christ and what their authority will accomplish in Christ, uh, then the devil has a a, a way to keep moving against their life. But God doesn't work through ignorance. See, when we work with God, we have to come into knowledge. We have to come into wisdom. Why? Because uh, God's not not a participant of ignorance. (laughs) If we're going to stay in the seat of ignorance, Mm -hmm. then uh, God can't do for us all that he wants to do for us because he doesn't flow through ignorance. He flows through knowledge. 
He flows through wisdom. So gain knowledge. Amen. Amen. Your safety is in knowledge. Your safety is in wisdom. And then the exercise of that knowledge, the exercise of that wisdom. Amen. Amen. In Hosea chapter 4, in verse 6, we're given a great insight to something. It says, my people, God is speaking. He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Notice he didn't say my people are destroyed because of the devil. He didn't say that. He said, he didn't say my people are destroyed because they're tested. He didn't say they're destroyed because of opposition. He said they're destroyed because of what they don't know. Wow. So know this, ignorance is a killer. It'll destroy things. And uh, lack of knowledge is ignorance. Ignorance is not the inability to learn. It's not having light on something. And so that's why we want to become a student of the word. And let me tell you, that's why a pastor is so important in the life of the believer. You know, when our children are young, we send them to a school. Why? Because we want them to get academically educated, right? And if we don't tend to their education, they will remain in ignorance so what, what is provided or teachers are provided in your community to help you. Well, that's what your pastor is, your spiritual yeah. life. Yeah. He's your school teacher spiritually. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And so if children don't show up at school, they fall behind in knowledge. Yeah. They fall behind in writing. They fall behind in their math. They fall behind in, in science. They fall behind when they don't show up. Yeah. That's what happens when people don't show up to sit under a pastor. They fall behind spiritually. They fall behind in the knowledge of the word. Mm -hmm. And when they fall behind, they start failing tests. That's what happens at school, right? When kids don't show up to hear what the teacher teaches, they don't do their homework. When tests are given in school, they start failing tests. And this is why many times Christians are being overcome by situations instead of overcoming situations because number one, they've been skipping class. Mm -hmm. They've been skipping their local church. They've been skipping the anointing their life needs through the office of the pastor yes. because there is such a blessed anointing on the office of a pastor to help mature and grow up the saints as well as the other fivefold offices. Amen. But primarily that's going to be a daily or weekly an ongoing diet from the pastor's anointing. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, we don't have a church that teaches the word in where I live. Well, I tell you this, start praying and believe in God. Ask him to send a pastor. Amen. Amen. Use your faith for God to send someone. Why? To help you come into the knowledge of all that belongs to you in Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A pastor, can I say this? The anointing of the pastor is the main meal. And things like this, thank God we can supplement We're supplements to the meal, but you don't want to live off supplements only. You want to have that main diet. And so thank God he gives us pastors that help us with that. But we want you to to grow in your knowledge and thank God for programs and and networks like this that help you grow in your knowledge. Because I tell you what, when you run out ignorance, you also close the door to the devil. And by finding out what belongs to you in Christ and using that authority, using that knowledge that you learn, I tell you what, you start ruling and reigning in life instead of life pushing you around. Amen. Well, we've been teaching out of my book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. We want you to get your copy of it. You can go to DufresneMinistries.org and you can get your copy of it. Let us know you want it and we'll send it to you. But until next time, always remember this, Jesus is the healer.
God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, September 4th through the 8th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.